I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. There was a big night of boxing in Puerto Rico last night with three out of the four televised bouts ending in quick knockouts. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into them. Once beaten middleweight contender Daniel Jacobs made short work of Milton Nunez, stopping him in the first round. Uh, Jacobs has made quite the bounce back after losing by knockout to Dimitri Pirog back in 2010. Uh, Ever since that loss, he's beaten everyone that they've put in front of him, and all of those victories were by way of knockout. However, most of those opponents were probably sent there to make Jacobs look good. A lot of them didn't have very impressive records, so maybe it's time for a step up in competition, but still, um, good victory for Jacobs. He looked very impressive. Juan Manuel Lopez probably saved his career last night by stopping Daniel Ponce de Leon in the second round of their uh, rematch from a fight Lopez won in the first round six years ago. Ponce de Leon actually dropped Lopez early in the second round, but then Lopez came back and ended up dropping Ponce de Leon twice and then finished him off against the ropes in what might have been a premature stoppage. Like I said, it's hard to see things from the referee's point of view because he doesn't have the instant replay. He can't go back and say, oh, well, some of those shots were being blocked. It doesn't work that way. Still, a uh, a good win for Lopez. He's saved his career after losing twice to Orlando Salido and also being stopped by Marky, Mikey Garcia. Deontay Wilder also made short work of Malik Scott. Uh, as I said in the last podcast, Scott was probably the best opponent that Wilder had faced up to this point, and it didn't take very long for Wilder to end the fight. Um, it, it was kind of weird, because during the weigh-in, Scott had a paper bag over his head, and, you know, little holes cut in them, and on the uh, bag it said, get your popcorn ready. And, uh... I wrote on Twitter that Malik was uh, saving his game face for the fight, and in fact, uh, Malik Scott thought that was funny and gave it a retweet on Twitter. But game face didn't help him t- uh, last night because he got knocked out very quickly. Um, I'll be honest, when I saw the knockout, I I kind of thought that was fake. That couldn't have knocked him out because it looked like it looked like at first that it was just a straight one-two that he they Wilder threw a left jab and then followed up with a right but uh no on the replay it actually showed that it was a left hook and uh it hit uh Scott sort of above above the ear and kind of messed with his equilibrium equilibrium it's a hard word to say fast and uh, and then Wilder finished it up with a quick straight right afterwards, drops Scott for the count, and that is the 18th victory, or, sorry, the 18th victory, ah, see, I can't even, I am so excited about Deontay Wilder, I can't even talk straight. This is the 18th uh, knockout in the first round in uh, Wilder's 31 uh, fight career. However... I predicted that uh, Wilder would win probably, I think I said in the 5th or 6th round, but Justin Salvato, the uh, owner and operator of Boxing for Free, saw otherwise. He said that Malik Scott was going to defeat Deontay Wilder, and unfortunately that did not happen. So, Justin, this is for you. (laughs) 
Now, before you go saying, oh, Andrew, you're so mean to the guy who lets you put all your content on his website, you know, it's so mean, it's so rude, you're so awful to your boss, um, I'm going to do myself one probably even better, because, as you know, last week I predicted that... I predicted that Alfredo Angulo was going to win a decision over Canelo Alvarez. So thus, I'm going to give myself this. Stupid! You're so stupid! Both Justin and I promise to do better in our predictions in the future. So where does Wilder go from here? I think people are getting a bit tired of him, you know, knocking out people who don't have championship belts around their waist. So what's next for him after this? Well, there is the rematch between Chris, A Chris Ariola and Berman Stavern. Uh, as you know, Stavern won a decision over Ariola last year. They're having a rematch. Uh, I think that's for the vacant uh, WBC title that Vitaly Klitschko held. And also, he could go for Vladimir Klitschko, who holds the lineal uh, championship, as well as, I think, all the other belts in the heavyweight division, but we'll see. Uh, as you know, uh, Wilder used to spar with Vladimir Klitschko, so it'd be an interesting fight, and uh, it'd be interesting to see how Klitschko adapts to power like that. The heavyweight division is getting a little bit interesting. It, it has its moments. It keeps fluctuating. It looks like it's going to get interesting, then something sucky comes around, and it stinks out the whole division, but... um. Wilder's good for boxing, and he's also good for uh, good for television. I mean, he's knocking people out. Like I said in the last podcast, my freaking dad knows who Deontay Wilder is. He's sending me highlight reels of his knockouts, and yeah, nothing bad about Deontay Wilder. Not yet, anyway, and let's hope not. In the main event of this uh, Showtime broadcast, Danny Garcia he didn't have smooth sailing didn't exactly have swift sailing either, but uh, he won a majority decision over a tougher-than-expected Mauricio Herrera. I predicted that uh, Garcia would knock out Herrera in the middle rounds, and that didn't happen. Herrera was very game. He was uh, bloodying Garcia's nose. Garcia's father, Angel, was going absolutely nuts in the corner. On an unrelated note, I think that Angel Garcia, had he moved his family to uh, somewhere in Canada, he would have made an excellent douchebag hockey dad that you see at all those games. Just saying. Anyway, um, a lot of people were saying before the fight that this was going to be a launching pad to help Danny get a fight with Floyd Mayweather, possibly in September. And Garcia said after the fight that he's been fighting at 140 pounds for the past eight years, even during his amateur days, so it might be time to move up. If he moves up to 147, that will increase the chances of him getting a fight with Floyd. However, he doesn't have that title. He's got to look a lot more impressive if he wants a shot at Floyd. So, uh, like I said, we'll see. I saw the fight. I could see it going both ways. The uh, I I didn't catch the fight last night. I had to watch it on YouTube. I watched it. Um, I have no idea what language the commentators were speaking. It wasn't Spanish. It definitely wasn't English. But um, 
like I said, I could see it going both ways, either for Herrera or uh, Garcia. But Herrera really didn't... He kind of won the event, even though he lost the fight. So, we'll, we'll see what happens with him, and we'll see what happens with Danny Garcia in the future. Also, premiering last night, was the final episode of Canelo versus Angulo All Access. This was the epilogue showing what was happening during the fight and after the fight. So, without any further ado, let's get into that. First of all, let me say that I love how Showtime puts these together because it doesn't start, you know, before the fight. It actually starts in the middle of the fight with uh, Angulo and Virgil Hunter, and they're having a brief discussion. You want me to stop the fight? No. Then you start hitting him when he's right there to be hit. You hit him everywhere, you hear me? You can do this. So then we flash back to before the fight. There's lots of interviews going on with Canelo. He's getting a little bored because he feels that the reporters are asking him the same questions over and over and over. And I can kind of understand how that can be very boring. Not that I've ever gone through it, it's just that as somebody who's a student of journalism, a lot of questions are pretty predictable at times. Uh, Angulo says that he feels incredibly relaxed for the fight, and then we uh, go up to his suite at the MGM Grand, and hopefully one day if I can afford it, or if, you know, somebody will just pay for it, uh, <laughs> I would love to stay in a nice suite at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Because those suites are freaking huge. Seriously, I, you know, they're probably three times the size of my apartment. And I even think that I might be underestimating that. But, yeah, no, the suites are freaking huge, and they look awesome. Anticipation, like the ring itself, has built during fight week. In just minutes, a crowd will flood the arena for weigh-in. The tension, palpable. Unless you're the implacably calm Alfredo Angulo, who finds an unlikely place to rest. He's actually sleeping under a table, I should just point that out, because this is all auditory, and you're probably like, well, what is he doing, you know? What is he doing? So there, I explained it to you. He's sleeping under a table. Let's move on. Different fighters display different temperaments uh, during fight week, but I think he's quite loose, and uh, he just has the personality outside the ring that he doesn't let things get to him. I'm glad that they bring this up eventually because I was worried that they wouldn't. But they do mention that Canelo has a problem making weight. I thought they might go into more detail about that, but they don't. But at the same time, they do give it the attention it deserves. It wasn't that big a factor, I believe. It wouldn't be boxing without a last-minute complication. I got, I got to turn in this contract, so if I have to adjust it, I need to adjust it now. With Canelo unable to make his contracted weight, his camp must negotiate a change from 154 to 155. It's just a pound, but it'll cost Canelo $100,000, payable to Alfredo Angulo to ensure that the fight will go on. I remember Richard Schaefer saying something to the effect of uh, had a title been on the line that Canelo would have made weight, but if you recall, when he fought Matthew Hatton, and that was for uh, that was for Canelo's first title, the vacant uh, junior middleweight title, he didn't make weight for that fight either. So is this a sign that he's kind of outgrowing the division, or 
that he just felt that he really didn't want to strain himself too much to make the weight. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But, you know, let's not act like this hasn't happened before. The weeks of grueling work, the months of speculation. It's over and done. No more training, no more talk. Fight night has finally arrived. Tonight, Canelo Alvarez back to resume and recharge what he still expects to be a superstar career. He says his goal is still to be one of the best in boxing history. So we see the fighters before the, uh, the fight. They're warming up. They're trying to get themselves into the zone. Angulo says he doesn't care if the entire crowd boos him so long as there is just one person cheering for him. He'll be happy and he'll be ecstatic if the whole arena is cheering for him. Question is, how will Canelo bounce back tonight? The crowd says it all. The dueling chance of Canelo and El Perro, the two sides trying to drown each other out. No titles are on the line tonight. It's all about pride, and they come out throwing bombs. And as we saw in the fight, Canelo got off to a fast start. Uh, Angulo wasn't really landing anything effective. What always kind of confused me about this was that it seemed like Angulo was content to just keep in front of Canelo and not move any bit. I know that's not exactly his style, but you can add something to your style. You can still move about and swarm the guy and hit him with power shots. Look at me. Is his punches bothering you? The right's to the body and left's to the body not getting there for Angulo. He is absorbing tremendous punishment though at the hands of Canelo Alvarez. The big problem is Angulo's getting no leverage on any of his punches. That's certainly troublesome. Eventually, Tony Weeks shows up in the corner of Alfredo Angulo, and he gives a warning to Virgil Hunter, and Virgil tries to play it off like, no, he's, he's all right. Okay, listen, he's taking some hard shots. I'm not going to let this happen all night. He's only getting one punch at a time. You have to admit, Tony, that is less than what it's been. Okay. You have to admit that. And he's still fighting. I'm just going to through it. And as this is going on, you can kind of sense the nervousness of Virgil Hunter. You can see that Angulo's wife is worried. Uh, Andre Berto, who's at the fight, who's uh, in Hunter's camp, he's also worried about this, but he's still kind of confident he can turn it on. Oddly enough, be uh, Brandon Rios and Adonis Stevenson were there, but Showtime didn't bother to identify them, probably because they're HBO fighters, so it's kind of like, we're going to show you these people, but we're actually not going to acknowledge them. It's just, yeah, we're not on best terms with them. Let those strong hands go, dog. Let those gifted hands go. Do it! You can do it, son. Turn this around, son. And this is just before the 8th round of the fight, which I thought was the best round of that fight. And also, probably Angulo's best moment, but at the same time, Canelo still looked better. There is almost no other way to score this fight. Canelo Alvarez has certainly won every round. They thought these would be the rounds when he might make something happen against Canelo Alvarez. So far, it hasn't. 
Now Angulo putting together a combination of his own. Work, work. That was probably the best combination he's reeled off in this fight. And there, Angulo urging Canelo to bring it, and it's been his calling card for Angulo, willing to eat two or three punches to give one of his own. Keep going! Don't baby! Canelo's been bringing it all night long, but now Angulo coming forward with his best combination. Canelo saying bring it out. The Machismo on effect. This is making it entertaining in this round, though. Terrific pace. This is what we thought we would see. Canelo, Angulo, FIFA Mexico. This is now the toe-to-toe -to -toe we've been looking for. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Canelo relaxed in that corner. He looked over at me and winked as if saying, I got this. Canelo looks very much like the fighter who was on that terrific rise before running into the pound-for-pound -pound king last September. And that's the thing. Canelo did look freaking awesome in that moment because he's on the ropes. He's got his hands down. He's kind of doing the shoulder roll thing. And Canelo, or Angulo can't really do anything to hurt him. Canelo's corner was actually more concerned for Angulo because they were saying it's a massacre and they were saying to the uh, Athletic Commission people you've got to stop this it's a massacre and they were told well we can't do that it's up to his corner and now we enter round 10 also enter the controversy I will stop this fight Alfredo you gotta turn it around this round is round 10 I know you can do it, but I'm not going to let this happen to you, son. Virgil Hunter showing concern for his fighter, Angulo, with a mouse under his left eye, swelling around both eyes. There's a lead left uppercut, and referee has stopped this fight. Wow, Angulo, crestfallen, very disappointed. Interesting is that they show Virgil Hunter when the fight is stopped, and he just kind of has this look on his face. Not he's not angry, he's not sad or anything. Just a you know emotionless face, almost kind of like, oh, my lottery ticket, you know, did not win. That is unfortunate. Oh well, and I'm sorry. He just. You know, he just looks emotionless. Oh, actually goes over there and says to Angulo, ah, I, I'm sorry they stopped it. I wish they hadn't. It, it wasn't my decision. Obviously, you don't have that much power in the sport, kid. But, uh, no, he probably wanted it to keep going. He probably wanted to hope that he could give Angulo a legitimate knockout loss. Angulo actually tried uh, leaving the ring, but he was stopped by Virgil Hunter. Alfredo! Alfredo! No, don't go. Don't go. You be proud of yourself. He was wrong for stopping. Huh? He did. I'm proud of you. He shouldn't have stopped it because I told him that I would stop it. There's no reason to stop. The question I guess you have to ask yourself is, is it appropriate for a referee to step in and stop it, making a judgment call? I'm torn by the decision. I'm I am as well. Look, the kid fought a great fight, but you don't stop a fight because he was in the fight. Exactly. He was, he was in, the, in fight. the fight. Okay? That was one uppercut that he's been getting hit with all night long. Donnie, Donnie, I like your work all the time. He's a very good referee. Today, you're wrong, for sure. I respect what you say. You're a fighter, you're a true champ, and I respect what, exactly what you say. Yo, my thing is, I, I'm not I'm not in your head. I don't know what's going on. No, all no, I see, know. all no, I see is the punishment. I'm sorry. I'm just glad you're okay. 
and in my opinion, Tony Weeks is he's dead on. Like I said before, he's been the referee in a fight where uh, the fighter died afterwards. And remember, he was in with uh, Castillo and Corrales the first time, and you know, he, whether you agree with it or not, it was the right decision, and Tony Weeks handled himself with class, speaking with Angulo. Obviously, Angulo very emotionally upset, but people are kind of acting like this is Meldrick Taylor versus Julio Cesar Chavez the first time, when uh, Taylor was ahead on two of the three cards, and then he gets stopped with two seconds left in the fight. It's not like that. The outrage isn't the same. I'm, I'm sorry, but I couldn't see Angulo stepping it up. He should have been stepping it up a lot quicker. Maybe from the first bell, even. But, no. And I think that's a uh, great place to end uh, this look at the epilogue. Canelo's back. Um, hopefully, hopefully he'll give Arislandi Lara a shot. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, the next all-access will be Mayweather Maidana, and that premieres in the middle of next month. So, you know, we're, we're going to be looking forward to that. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us at www.boxingforfree.com, twitter.com slash boxingforfree, be like Arislandi Lara, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, Adonis Stevenson, and hundreds of others. Follow us on Twitter. You won't regret it. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Zoom, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, please give us feedback and a rating to let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.